Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about understanding the shared responsibility security model. The episode today is just me, Darren Pulsifer, talking about uh, the shared responsibility security model with cloud service providers. I, through my years of helping people adopt cloud technology and multi-cloud technology, this is one area I found that a lot of people really don't understand who's responsible for security in the cloud and on-prem. I think we know on-prem, but in the cloud, things become a little bit murkier. So if you have data in the cloud, is it protected? How is it protected? Who's responsible for that security? What about patching machines? What about all those things? It can get really tough on deciding, well, who's responsible for what? And we've also seen some major changes in this area too, because cloud service providers are starting to offer more services now uh, where you're not actually, you didn't actually maybe even buy the software, you're just using it as a service. So there's lots of different models. And a lot of times what happens is the security kind of ends up in the middle and no one knows uh, what's going on or where, you know, who's responsible for that. And there can be a lot of finger pointing back and forth. So there are four major security areas that we need to talk about. Uh, the first one is physical security. Now, obviously, if the, uh, you have your stuff up in the cloud, cloud service providers are responsible for the physical security of their data centers. You are responsible for the physical security of your own data centers, or maybe if you're in manufacturing of your machines inside your manufacturing uh, area, you would be surprised. And there was a big hit. Uh, there was a big hack that was done at a big retailer through their HVAC system because that wasn't secured. And someone came in, plugged into the HVAC system, which was plugged into the network, and boom! All of a sudden, a hack um, occurred where they got access to. Uh, customer data and all that. So physical security of your plant, of your data center, of where you have your devices, of your network switches is important thing to, to recognize. In the shared responsibility one, this is a real easy one. As I said before, the cloud service providers provide their own physical security, right? The next area of security is infrastructure. Now, this is um, securing the infrastructure itself, not the physical aspects of the infrastructure, but the hardware itself. Are they being patched appropriately? Are your network switches, do they have the right um, security patches and upgrades on them? My drive, uh, my um, storage devices, are they being upgraded? Are they being protected? That infrastructure can fall in kind of two and some gray areas in some cases when on dealing with cloud service providers. So we'll talk about who's responsible for what in what circumstances. Then there's application security. Who has access to an application? Who um, is the application being updated with the right security patches? All those sorts of things are areas that you need to focus on and, and keep track of, right? 
And then probably the most important is data. And we're seeing data actually be used as um, a weapon, as ransomware people come and take your data or encrypt your data. And it's also being used for very powerful competitive advantages in different organizations as well. Data is very, very important. So protecting your data is probably some of the most important stuff you can do. And in this shared responsibility model, it's extremely important to understand where your data is and how it gets protected. So let's take a look first at different cloud service delivery models. Now, there are three basic cloud delivery models and there's more created all the time, but some of the other ones like um, data as a service or storage as a service, uh, something else as a service, all kind of fit in that SaaS, the software as a service uh, kind of realm or some permutation of that. So really we're gonna talk about the three big ones. Infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, and software as a service. And then there's X as a service, which is everything else, right? But these three big ones are the ones that people use the most. So let's first talk about infrastructure as a service. This is when you are renting or leasing, whatever the word may be, infrastructure from a cloud service provider. So and that comes in terms of um, virtual machines, virtual networks, storage. So compute, storage, network. And we're starting to see this really cool thing with accelerators like GPUs or even neuromorphic processors or things like that. So infrastructure as a service. This is where I'm going to run my applications. And that is in most of the cloud service providers started with IaaS, right? You'll hear that term, infrastructure as a service. Very simple, infrastructure as a service, provide machines, virtual hardware um, for me to run my applications. The next one and kind of up the stack just a little bit is platform as a service. With platform as a service, I'm going to the next layer up where now I'm saying I need a certain kind of a framework to run things in. Like Kubernetes is a great example as a platform as a service, right? Or I need maybe VMware running on top of IaaS. That's a platform as a service, right? Believe it or not, right? There's also other things like um, CICD pipelines as a service. I have lots of tools that fit in this space. Um, some may even say it's um, a platform like Salesforce would be a platform as a service more than a SaaS. That one can be argued either way doesn't really matter. But the idea here is that platform as a service lets me build and deploy new services on top of this platform. And I can, I can easily uh, deploy and manage large systems that are built on top of IaaS. So PaaS is built on top of IaaS. It's the easiest way to think about it. The next layer up is your software as a service. Now, this is specific software that um, is managed by the software um, provider or the cloud service provider. Or it could be a third party that's offering software as a service for someone else. But the key with SaaS is that they are responsible for application security. Interesting, isn't it? 
and making sure that it's running all the time. So they're managing the uptime. They're managing all that um, all that manage, managerial stuff, reliability, security, um, integrity. Those are things that the SaaS platform uh, really provides above and beyond the PaaS platform. Now, many of the SaaS platforms out there are built on top of PaaS platforms. You guessed right. And, um, and if they're not, then they're built on top of IaaS for sure. But most of them are built on top of that. And as I mentioned earlier, XaaS, that could be any new something as a service, like um, artificial intelligence as a service. I've seen that one recently. Um, I've seen device management as a service, security detection as a service. These are all types of SaaS offerings in, in, in those cases. And in some cases, they may be a little bit more based off of a PaaS solution. Understanding these different delivery models is important because the shared security model that the cloud service providers provide are based on the delivery models. So let's take a look at different security or cyber domains. This comes from the uh, six pillars of cybersecurity that Steve Warren, our CTO at Intel um, Federal, um, gave in an earlier podcast. And these six areas are very important in all cyber domains that you have, whether you're in the cloud or on-prem or on the edge, they all have an important play. So I have threat detection and intelligence, I have identity management, the identity access management, data and application security. I have network security. I have supply chain security. This would be software supply chain, but also hardware supply chain, right? You wanna make sure that the IaaS that you're using, that hardware that you're using underneath the covers came from secure places. So we don't run into areas where we have seen in the past, um, where um, foreign governments have placed spy chips on motherboards, or am I sure that it is secure? It's important to understand those things if you're working, especially in uh, federal government or highly sensitive and classified areas. And then host and system security. Of course, we wanna make sure that not anyone can mess around with the hosts in a data center that a cloud service provider is providing. So we need to pay attention to all six of these domains and how they fit into this shared responsibility security model that the cloud service providers are espousing. So let's take a look. So um, we've created a shared responsibility security matrix. So if I look here on the vertical axis, those are your um, service model delivery techniques. SaaS, PaaS, IaaS, and then on-prem if you're hosting it yourself. If you notice, everything in, um, everything on the far right there is your responsibility, right? The customer's responsible for everything on-prem, on right? They're responsible for data security, application security, infrastructure security, and I already mentioned physical security. Make sure you're locking down your network devices and things like that. On the IaaS side, it's interesting to take a look at the matrix. And if you're listening to the show, 
go out and check out our blog site and you can see this matrix. It's actually pretty cool because it shows you who's responsible for what in this shared model. So if I look at IaaS, infrastructure management, I can see that data security, application security are my responsibility, not the cloud service providers. And then half of the infrastructure security is still my responsibility. Hey, wait, how is that? I thought infrastructure as a service just provided all the security I needed. Well, in an IaaS model, you are still responsible for the operating system. And that's part of an infrastructure. And you're also responsible for configuring the network controls. Now, each cloud service provider has a different technique for network controls, which we'll talk about next. So in the IaaS model, data security, you're, as a customer, you're still fully responsible. Application, fully responsible. Infrastructure, half and half. Network controls and operating systems, you're responsible. But physical network, physical host, the cloud service providers are responsible for that. When I move up to the PaaS layer, still data security, you're still responsible for that. And application security, you're half and half here. Identity and directory infrastructure, you're still halfway responsible for that. They'll have some tools in there. They'll have some admin accounts in there that you're not responsible for, but the tools provide a better a way of managing um, access management and things like that. Applications, the applications that you're using in the, pa in the PaaS platform, in the platform as a service, you're responsible for, but the frameworks and the middleware that they're providing, they're responsible for. So it's a shared model. Again, down into infrastructure, even in the PaaS layer, there's still some responsibility on you for the network controls. Most of the operating system stuff will be taken care of by the PaaS layer because they've abstracted that away. But the network and segmenting networks and things like that, you, they give you some higher level tools there, but you're still responsible for configuring those things. Right. Let's move up the stack one more time up to software as a service. In this case, with software as a service, you are still responsible for your data. Whoa, wait, what if I'm using, what if I'm using a storage as a service or a data as a service or like Salesforce, which is CRM as a service? Aren't they responsible for my data integrity? Actually, no. You still need to design your backups. You still need to um, encrypt your data in those backups. You still need to manage your accounts and your identities in that SaaS platform. So if you notice, one of the key things in the shared responsibility model is that you are responsible for your data security all the time, regardless of the different service delivery model that you're using. So pay very close attention to your data security. Are you backing it up? Are you using object, object storage so you can roll back from a ransomware attack? Are you um, correctly maintaining your access management? Are you using tools that make that easy to use or are you using tools that make that hard to do? These are things that you need to 
take a look at and manage effectively. Just because you move to the cloud doesn't mean they're handling all the security for you. That's a misnomer that a lot of um, companies I've talked to have run into. So you really need to pay attention to what you're responsible for. And ultimately, as a CIO or a CISO, you're responsible for all of that. It's just how much are you going to share with cloud service providers? So let's take a, a little just glimpse into the top three cloud service providers here. Um, each one of them takes a little bit different approach to security, specifically around network um, configuration. If we take a look at AWS and what they do, they really focus on prevention. So when I spin up a VM and I attach it to the network, the default is to have no ports open. So you have to create security groups and go in there. So they, they really lock everything down. By default, they're the most restrictive. They use IAM for identity management, um, which is, it's okay. It's great for uh, mid-sized teams, but when we start getting to really large organizations, it doesn't do nearly, nearly as well. So though that's AWS in a nutshell. There are some exceptions to that, but that's, that's high level. If I look at Azure, Azure really focuses more on ease of use. And with that ease of use, their security is a little bit more loose. It's less restrictive. They use the concept of virtual networks for security. So all the VMs on a network, on the same virtual network, all can talk to each other on that network. And then I lock down ports, not based on hosts, but based on that virtual network. Now you can, you can go down to the host level, but by default, it's open, right? So they're less restrictive, easier to use, but kind of the opposite of zero trust, right? They're trusting everything in their network. So you have to look and see what's more important to you, right? Um, the ease of configurability or completely locked down and, and managing host by host. So those are the two differences there. Now, Azure, they use a well-known and well-used Active Directory, and they have, they have integration with Active Directory. So if you already have a pretty substantial Active Directory, it's very mature, then um, this is a good way to go for identity management. Now, Google Cloud Platform, this one's really interesting because they focus on ease of use, but they kind of hedge their bets on VMs and network security. So you can lock down, you can have profiles that um, lock down everything on a VM, or you can have a profile that opens them up a little bit more. So they give you those security profiles. Uh, so they're kind of in the middle of the road as far as restrictiveness. And they have a pretty good identity management, probably not nearly as robust as um, um, Amazon's and not nearly as robust as, as Active Directory, but it's still very uh, usable and uh, something that um, can be used. So all three clouds offer different things, just a little bit different on their security models, on their default profiles. One important thing to, to understand is every single one of these cloud service providers provide IaaS, PaaS, SaaS, and Container as a Service, and, and a whole bunch of XaaS, right? You need to, when you're looking at using some of these services, you need to evaluate what the security posture 
and the security model is for each one of these cloud service providers. There'll be slight differences, but understanding that will make sure that you don't find yourself with a security hole that people can take advantage of, cyber criminals and adversaries can take advantage of. So you've got to understand this shared responsibility security model. In some respects, it's more um, difficult um, than just running things on your own prem because now you're sharing responsibility with other people. And if you're using multi-cloud, you are increasing even more so um, the uh, complexity of maintaining security across these uh, multiple clouds and your data center. Understanding them, though, is, is key. Now, there are some tools out there that can help you manage across multiple um, clouds, manage um, identity, manage um, security detection, prevention, and things like that. Those are well worth looking at if you're moving into a multi-cloud architecture. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, Give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.